for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. We've just had my, um, been able to have my, our newest granddaughter with us for the last uh, couple weeks. That's been great. And uh, it reminds me how, um, how different our parenting styles are. And really peaceful since the kids left. And I realized that we've got different ways of <laughs> parenting. <laughs> They're very different. <clears throat> I kind of forgot about that. And um, I tend to um, be a little, a little looser than uh, Kelly on certain things. And so what a, what a joy it's been to <laughs> be reminded of that again. I want to talk about the heart of a warrior father today. If you're visiting or if you're a newcomer, uh, or if you just uh, wandered in because you saw that Harley out there, we welcome you. <laughs> it will not be auctioned off. <laughs> it will not be. Um, I want you to turn in to Matthew chapter 7. It's a very, um, a real precious passage to me. And um, I don't think it's any secret that David, King David there is one of my heroes. Uh, you can see the domestic disaster he was along the way. He made so many um, mistakes in, in his fathering, but he had a few things what, right. Uh, not only was he a, a great warrior, but he was a great worshiper. And I think those two things, <clears throat> they go together. <clears throat> Excuse me, I wanna talk about building a home. I wanna talk about foundations today. Anybody who listens to my teaching, verse 24, Jesus says, and obeys me is wise, like a person that builds his house on a rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it w- won't collapse because it's built on a rock. But anybody who hears my teachings and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains come and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will fall with a mighty crash. There are winds and there are rains and there are storms coming against our houses right now. And uh, I intend to stir up the warrior hearts of fathers and men here this morning uh, unapologetically. I think that fathering is both a noun and a verb and it seems to me we use it sometimes as an adjective as well. Uh, I didn't do that well in English, but figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, I love the heart of David and and I think that um, I think that he, he actually, was, he's very, very inspiring for me. Uh, there's a passage in 2 Samuel chapter 15, and David is my age here. He's approximately 60. In a few uh, short weeks, I'm going to be hitting my sixth decade. And it said, David walked up the road that led to the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered and his feet were bare as a sign of mourning. What makes old men weep? Uh, this, this heart of David was miraculous, I think, because he had been chosen and, and Christ still is gonna reign, reign on the throne of David. He was a chosen man. The, the, the motif of, of a warrior sometimes doesn't resonate with uh, everyone. But I'm not specifically referring to, to gender, 
when I talk about a warrior, like, like uh, General Booth from the Salvation Army said, some of my best men are women. Um, my wife's an incredible warrior, but I'm talking about the warrior heart of a father this morning. And it may not be a revelation that you've had of Christ as warrior, but he is still warring for us this morning as he intercedes. So let me just <clears throat> try and remind us of a few things I think that are really important. And David gives some clues about what it means to be a warrior father. It's, it's now the end of his life in 1 Kings chapter 2. Um, we see, I think, three really clear prototypes of a father. We see them in Moses, we see them in Joshua, and we see them in David. And they mostly, and these are the only three that we have their last words of in Scripture. And I find this very, very encouraging. I'm using this specifically as my text today. As the time of David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. I'm going where everyone on earth must go, someday go. So take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep each of the law's commands, regulations, and stipulations written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all that you do and wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise that he has made to me. If your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on my throne." I think one of the most challenging and the most rewarding functions that I've ever had the privilege of being is being a father. So this is easier than to preach on Mother's Day. <laughs> but one of the great curses that we face in our land is fatherlessness. You've heard me rant on that more than once. And only to say that we're reaping the devastating effects and the results of broken covenants of marriage, and we as men need to reverse that curse. It says that the fathers turn their heart first to their children, and then the kids turn their heart. But the fathers go first. Uh, when we think about when we think about warriors, we sometimes think of killers and tyrants. I'm not referring to that type of a warrior. I'm referring to a man who, who, who realizes that there is a price to pay if he doesn't do what he needs to do. And I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking to a, a large vacuum in our culture right now. And, and I want to try and address it rather directly today. Fathers are models. <clears throat> And like Jesus, we do what we see our fathers do. That's what Jesus did. And we do the same. We learn by model. We've watched some things, and so often we repeat the things that we saw. And if those things weren't healthy, we still repeat them. I find it discouraging that my kids are able to repeat my dysfunctions quicker than they can my functions. <laughs> it, so, so the cry, I think, in every heart is the Aramaic term, Abba, our spirits cry out, Daddy. They cry out for a father, and they cry out for someone who will protect them and someone who will include them, someone who will instruct them. And, uh, and I love reading through the Proverbs, and particularly the first seven Proverbs, because it, they, he starts off by saying, My son. 
or in some translation, my child. But Proverbs begins by these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, the king of Israel. And, and I, like, I just like how he begins each of these, particularly chapter four, it says, uh, my son, listen to me and listen to your father's instructions. Pay attention and grow wise for I'm giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my teachings. For I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved by my mother as only a child. Um, so let me, let me dig into it here kind of quick. You've heard me before teach on the four functions of a father, of a man, the four pillars that hold up his heart. And, uh, and I want to relate those to fathering this morning. The, the four, four functions um, of, a, of a man's heart are that of a king, that of a friend, that of a mentor, and that of a warrior. It's in all of our hearts, man. Maybe one of them seems to be a little bit stronger than the others, and we're more naturally inclined to one than the other. But I think in the seasons of parenting, those specific four functions tend to surface over and over again. Um, you, we note that our kids need different things in, decent, in, in different seasons. You needed different things in different seasons as a child. I think that keeps us on our toes. <laughs> Between the age of zero and five, we need nurture. We need connection. Father needs to be present to connect and touch and nurture which I think is the pillar of a friend. Between the ages of six and 12, they need a lawgiver. I think that's the function of a king, to give some direction and to lay down some governing laws and some specifics. Between the ages of 13 to 20, they need a coach. I think that's a warrior who steps in when they think they know everything but don't know anything. And then from 21 on, they really, really need a mentor. And I think that's within the heart of every man. We gotta be careful when we talk about fathers this morning because the fact is that all of us have had dysfunctional fathers. They did the best they could with what they had. So I'm not pointing at anybody specific. I'm trying to restate and stir up some of the strengths of a biblical man to be present within his home. One of the qualities of a warrior is that they don't run in the face of battle. They stand and they fight the fight. I find men wandering away from their original post and their original call. And it can be that they're just not sure what to do. But I just remind you today as men, we don't run in the face of battle. We allow the warrior heart of Christ to rise up within us. And when we're not sure what to do, we stand. That's what we do. Warriors don't run when they face a battle. Warrior fathers are present. They don't run even when they feel like it. They stand, they take ground, and they hold ground. The, the warrior father plays a dominant role in, in establishing the strength in the hearts of young warriors, male and female. I recall when we did this series a number of years ago, it's how my son got the name Warrior Concrete for his uh, business. Because it touches something deep in the heart of every man. We need a, a, a battle to fight. Point number one, warrior fathers break through for themselves and for their families. 
We are engaged in a battle. Uh, in my world, if you're not aware of your battle, you're living in deception. Biblically, we've been given a warrior charge, and there's battles to win and not run from. We're, we're living out different characters. When I grew up, it was Father Knows Best, and I love Lucy. But today, it's more like Resident Evil and Terminator Salvation. We live in a different time, and Canada typically has not been a warrior culture. A father finds and defines a battle sooner or later, and they must make a choice. There's, we stand at a crossroads very often, and I'm just going to say as a nation, I feel more and more that we're standing at a crossroads as well today. And we want to be careful we don't take rabbit trails. David says in 1 Kings, he's a, it's the last of his days, and he says, he said, take courage and be a man. Um, we, it takes courage to be a man. And he, effectively what he was saying, he laid out some specific things after there, and he said, you know, there's some directions that we've gotten along the path. There are biblical statutes and commandments. He said, Solomon, don't just be courageous about anything. Be courageous about biblical absolutes. Be courageous about the covenant that I made. Be courageous about your covenants. Keep your promises. He said, effectively, the, the, next, the next chapter, uh, David gives a, he takes a little sticky note and he makes a hit list out. It's fascinating. He said, these guys, you should read it. It's hilarious. He, he said, They've been, they messed with me. Kill them. He said, clean house. This one guy, he said, he didn't treat me white, right. He said, whatever you do, don't let them keep living. <laughs> he, he, here's what he said, and here's what I say to you dads. You may need to clean house. You may need to clear the foundation of your own heart before you clean house. Where, where did the giants come from? Well, it's because the fathers of faith didn't clear the land out. They didn't do the big job of sweeping all the giants out of the land. And then the next generation comes along and they're forced to face the giants that are in the land. 300 years earlier, Joshua conquered and cleared the country except for Gath, Gaza, and Ashdod. It's a generational fight. And dads, when we don't fight, our kids have to fight. One of the calls of a warrior dad is to fight battles to clear the way for the kids that are coming behind us. And this is why there's to be honor in the hearts of children when they realize the price that's been paid for their freedom and for their protection. And then there should rise up within their heart honor and respect for their fathers and their mothers. When we insist on, insist on fighting um, uh, running from our responsibilities, our kids have to fight those battles instead. A warrior father pays the price for personal breakthrough and for his family. He sees cycles of dysfunction that went on in his generation and his genealogy. He sniffs out the curses and sniffs out the diseases and the disorders, and he chases after the demons. He finds them. And he rolls up his sleeve and he digs deep for strength and asks God for wisdom and walks in faith until the giants are gone. That's what a warrior father does. 
Are you comfortable with questions, Dad? I don't know if you recall the time when you had big questions within your heart as a son or a daughter. A son or a daughter should be able to take all their tough questions to somebody for some answers. And those somebody should be your dad. Dads, we need to be approachable. Are you hearing me today? We need to be approachable. We need to allow our kids to ask difficult questions and not say that's a dumb question. You had questions, and you probably had to figure them out on your own, like I did. I'm thankful that I had a dad that was present. And even though he didn't understand my questions, he'd often pat me on the head and say, Sonny, you'll figure it out. It's a problem. (laughs) I did, but I figured it out the wrong way because I took my question to the culture rather than to the Word of God. I needed someone to direct me to the truth. I love that David did that with Solomon. Where do you go with your questions? Jesus still gives fathers to the fatherless. Where do you go with your questions? We don't want to be criticized. We want, don't want to be told to figure them out. But we want to have someone that we can take our questions to. Fathers answer questions. Passivity violates the very nature of masculinity, manhood, and fathers, let alone warriors. Point number two, the warrior's call is for the redeemed nature of their sons and daughters. Um, the destiny of sons and daughters is locked within their heart waiting for a warrior father to come and call them out. We've been given creative words, prophetic insight into the lives of our children, and we need to use that. When a good man speaks and calls forth the destiny, your kids hear it. And that's what we're meant to do. When we, we get our voice and we speak and we name and we declare, we speak over our kids. We move the mountains of manure and the lies that get integrated within their hearts. And we gather our kids together and we remind them of the great identity that they have as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Strength to fight is something for something and for someone worthwhile is the warrior heart of a man. Our strength and our impact, it comes from our dads. Um, You tell me if I'm right, man, but if your mom said to you something like, well, Sonny, you've sure shown a lot of strength in that situation. Does that even mean half as much? as if your dad says it, doesn't. You need someone of strength to affirm strength in another. I needed my dad to speak up, even when he didn't know what to say. I wanted him to remind me of the destiny and the promise that I had in my life. I had to go to him on his deathbed and say, Dad, are you really proud of me? Fact was, his dad never told him he was proud of him. He just didn't have the words. Dads, don't wait till you're on your deathbed before you remind your kids that they're awesome. I remember a story, I don't know, I blew, I, we grew up in the farm, and um, um, there was a point where we were bailing. This often, strength often showed up in bailing, how long you could, la- how long you could last throwing bales. And, uh, 
Of course, I was not too bad with straw bales, but went much with hay bales. <laughs> They're about three times as heavy. Uh, does anybody ever, did anybody ever bale and have a sloop uh, pulled behind a baler? Do you remember that? Remember that? What, what they were was about, there were about four uh, long, two by tens long, and you, you stood behind a baler. And so I'd ride with dad on the sloop, and it was kind of like a hoverboard with no wheels. But I remember that, so what happened is you'd stack bales on the sloop, and it was always a proof of strength how many bales you could stack up, and then you'd have to drive a, a big uh, uh, iron bar in the ground and then push them all off as the tractor kept moving ahead. you just drive it in, and it would slide off the back. Couldn't believe. I watched Dad do this in his, uh, with his uh, you know, shirt off, and as a young boy, you're looking, you know? And I watched Dad as he was bailing and, and he'd finish, he'd stack them in place and of course sometimes he'd hit me and I'd fall off and it was all just kind of fun. And then there was one day where he said, son, you do it. You drive the big iron bar into the ground and you push them off. And I said, dad, I don't think I can. He said, no, no, you can. And I just remember feeling a sense of, really, you think I'm strong enough to do that? Because I just kind of like watching you do it. So I grabbed onto that bar the best I could, and, you know, it hardly made a dent in the ground at all. But his hand was on top of the big bar, and he made sure that those bales went right off the back and turned around, and I felt like a million bucks. <laughs> Charles Atlas, no kicking sand in my face. I need, we need our dads to tell us we're strong. Okay, moms, go ahead, tell your boys they're strong, but they need their dads to tell them they're strong. That's what they really need. Don't be slow in telling your sons that they're strong and your daughters that they're beautiful. They want to hear it from a significant male. You be the one that does that. I think of Jesse, um, sorry, David. He grew up outside the affirming words of his dad. Jesse never affirmed young David. You can tell, the story seemed to indicate that when he said all your sons line up, they didn't even include David in the lineup. Uh, some commentators believe it's because he was illegitimate, but I believe one of the real giants in our society is the giant of illegitimacy, that you don't belong and you don't come from anywhere. It's a good thing that God has a refathering program. Point number three, God, warrior fathers keep covenants. David reminded his son, there's been a covenant that I've made with God and I want you to carry on with that. I love that about him. Warring for legitimacy and warring for legacy is the call of a father. There's no inheritance without a covenant. We've become comfortable in our culture with cohabitation rather than making covenant of marriage. I love going to marriages. I love watching. I believe God loves marriage and he hates divorce. I'm not making any judgment on anybody that's had to make hard decisions in their life, but I'm just saying God loves marriage because they're covenant. Men, warrior fathers, fight for their wives, not just their children. Um, I want you to be able to see that fathers were called to pass along generationally the things, the values, and the truths, and the revelations that God has spoke to us. Sometime throughout this day, or over this weekend, maybe you can just ask your dad to tell you some stories. And here's what we'll think. When, when you ask us to tell our stories, we'll think, ah, oh, they don't matter or they're nothing. Can I just say in the heart of a little boy or a little girl, they mean everything. They need to know that you fought some battles and how you made it through. We're looking for models and we need warrior fathers to stand for us. David's 
domestic disaster. This is the man who unified 12 tribes in a nation, a real statesman. He masterminded military conquests. He was a strategist and he wrote songs and poems. He was an artist and he restored worship and returned the ark. He was a man of God. But you asked David about how to, what are things like at home and he will bow his head and be silent. It says that, it says that he was walking with his head down weeping. Uh, Tamar needed a dad. She needed some protection from her warrior dad, some comfort. Absalom steps in and he runs over to grandpa's place. David needed to step up and face the battle. Where is your warrior heart now, David? And then for two years, he lives in the same city as Absalom, but he's silent and he avoids the confrontation. He's now heavy hearted because things are disastrous at home. You can read through all 149 Psalms and you won't find one that talks about him fighting. You find lots about him fighting for himself, but not, none about him fighting for his family or fighting for his wife. There's a tenderness in the heart of a warrior father, not a hardness. To be both strong and soft at the same time, to be tough and tender is few few men have been able to master. <clears throat> and it's largely because we've not seen it modeled. Tears are not foreign to warrior fathers. When tough little boys grow up to be men, they turn into big babies again. <clears throat> there needs to be tenderness. It's every woman's hope and it's every child's dream that their father and their husband will stand in the day of battle. The battle for the heart, where it's soft towards your kids and soft towards your wife, and it's hard towards evil. Anything that would steal the dream or the destiny of those you care for, that is your battle. It says in Acts chapter 13 and 39, it says that David served his generation well. Here's how he served his generation well, by serving his future well. We serve our generation well when we serve our future warrior fathers know their battle they stand they don't run they call out destiny and they keep covenant every one of us come to crossroads rise up and be a man be courageous and be a man the enemy knows that one gender destroying detour from God's intention has the potential to mar the image of God Gender is the most basic and the far-reaching expressions of the image of God. And Satan would love nothing more than to mar the image of God. Robert Frost writes, there was two roads diverged in the woods, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that made all the difference. It seems rather strange that I should have to share this last point with you today. But I've been to my grandfather's homestead. And it's a little quarter section just north and east of Nippewan. And I used to stand there, the kids wouldn't, they would have been with me, but they wouldn't have got this. But I used to stand there and I would look at the log house with the roof that's caved in and the wild spruce growing and the quack grass growing all around it. And I would think to myself, there was a time when he had a dream. The young Norwegian inter immigrant would have had a dream. And he would have had a hope. 
for that homestead. And it would be a place where he would raise his family and he would have a, this great life ahead. And I look at it now and I see that it's collapsed and it seems like it's composting. It's going the way of the earth. <laughs> but it wasn't like that one day. And here's what I want to say to us men today is that that didn't happen overnight. That took place over a period of time. But it began at a crossroads. And your life today is at a crossroads, and my life is at a crossroads. You and I come from a long line of men who made wrong choices, which is why I have to remind us today of the high call of fatherhood. It's also the same reason why so many homes are broken and so many cities lie in ruin. There was a single choice of our forefather named Adam that still casts a shadow on our future today. One little choice on an average day can cast a shadow on every tomorrow and have the impact of thousands of years. The one who we could have authentically looked at and said, you demand. The original intention of God was Adam. He had to send his son, the second Adam, but the original one who made the first footprints on, on a virgin planet, Adam, the ultimate warrior, raw masculine power, everything that God had hoped for in a man. He would set the path for every future generation as we as men set paths for futures in our generations. But he didn't realize the impact. He didn't realize the impact, and he didn't realize the deception of his enemy. He didn't realize he was in a battle. Adam's single choice of selfishness on that day in history impacted every single member of the human family. His sons, his daughters, his wife, Adam, the father of humanity. God's economy is such that when the head of a family veers off, the entire family veers off. Dads, I want your attention. I want you to set aside the cultural clutter for a moment, as well as your broken notions of bravado that are seen through the shattered glass of Hollywood. And let me re restate a biblical truth, that when the head of the family is on target, the entire family is on target. That what the head believes and thinks and decides bears upon the entire entire household. Adam never saw it coming. He didn't know he was transferring or rippling through the generations. He didn't know. But warriors are not afraid to stand alone. And I want to say that Canada is standing at a crossroads today as well, that we have to decide in our homes, Dad, and what we decide in our homes, Dad, will ripple through a nation. Joshua said it this way, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said that. Now to state the not so obvious. The further we, we stray, dads, the further our families stray. A macro view would reveal a country that is coming off the rails morally. And I need to call us back to some sense because we're blowing apart on the inside as a nation. Canada is destructing self-destructing from the inside 
slowly and I place it at the feet of man. We've constantly, men who have constantly stood at the crossroads with their hands holding a broken compass, not sure morally what should we do. And choosing the way of selfishness and passivity rather than the way of the warrior. I, I remember when a, a good man did a good day's work and came home. I rem, uh, gosh, I remember when it was okay to open a door for a woman. I'd been, I'd been in Calgary for about six months. I opened up a door downtown for a woman. She says, what are you doing? I didn't know any different. I thought that's what you do. I remember, I remember spending entire evenings not watching television, but playing checkers until it was bedtime. I remember when it was safe to go outside. I remember. Seems like those days have gone. I, I, I actually remember when I had a really clear sense of right and wrong. I actually remember when it was very clear what a man was and what a woman was. It's the broad way that seems right that leads to death. Help me, Holy Spirit. I got just a little bit more. Tolerate me, please. Warrior dads are not afraid of personal death because they know that it will lead to future life. As I approach my sixth decade, I can see a country that's still reeling from its adolescent years of the 60s and the 70s. I've seen it. I've seen it. The very foundation of marriage and family, male and female roles. And in my brief life, I've witnessed fathers of homes who choose the course for themselves and walk away from godliness, biblical salutes and absolutes, and moral decency. I've seen it. I've even seen Christian men who are not going to do what a man's got to do even when it hurts. And I can say today that there's hell to pay. In the twilight of life, we look back like David did on, on what matters. And I want to say strongly and without exaggeration today that I can explain why the rise of illegitimate births, abortion, gender confusion, teen suicide, the breakup of family, and the heartbreaks in a home, why it's not safe on the streets at night, and it's because men have not been men. Seem silent. I don't know if you're hearing me or not. We can trace these and other dangers to decisions that were made in a high office. No, not the high office of a prime minister or the corner office of a CEO. Not the president or the pastor, not the professor and not the pope, but the high office of the head of the home. In God's economy, there will not be a higher office on earth nor a greater influence than in our homes. Men and women are made in fashion and flourish within the home. Our nation, our city, and our communities will fail when men fail at home. One of the best expressions of a man is being a father, being present. And I submit that the greatest root of our societal pro problems is fatherlessness. To father is applied masculinity. It's less to do with biology and more to do with function. To father means to care well for others. So if you're a man, this is your call at your core. 
to care for others. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap up with a prayer and I probably should have some keys to soften the blow. <laughs> I got a little bit more to say, not very, just a little bit. And I, and I want you to hear me today because I'm trying to cut a straight path. I know there's a whole bunch of things on this side and a whole bunch of things on this side, but I don't want us to leave today confused about what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. I want the whole band to come up. Let's all come on, come on up. I need some drums. I need some guitar. Baby, baby, it's a wild world. In our country today, Many men seem to look out for themselves more than for others, and to father means to care well for others. That's, a, that's the unworthy. If, you, if you're only caring for yourself, you're unworthy of the title of father, let alone a warrior father. We've become shell-shocked by the gender wars of the last 40 years. We've been told that we had it wrong in the Bible. We've been told that a man is not the leader of his home. We've been told that there's no difference between a man and a woman. And I'm here today that we've been told a lie. We've, we've read the wrong books and we've listened to the wrong authorities. And we've accepted our marching orders from the faculties of universities rather than the throne room of heaven. <clears throat> I need to ask you today, who will command your allegiance? Will it be Christ or will it be our culture? Because we live in a day when these are worlds apart. Forget about the graffiti on the walls of the train station and think about the defacing of the image of God. Because in the beginning, he made them male and female. Your enemy knows very well what we have forgotten. That gender is one of the most basic and far-reaching expressions of the image of God. The glory of God on the earth is tied to our masculinity and our femininity. <clears throat> and anything Satan can do to blend or blur that, he will do. I need us to understand the gravity of this matter. This is not something that's faddish and it's not a cultural hiccup. This is a gut-tearing attack on society's vital organs. Intercessors pray. When you tamper with the image of God as male and female, you're slapping God in the face. The gender issues that face us today are dealing with our core identities. It's the very first expression that we hear in the birthing room. Are you? I don't know if you're hearing me today. When our children are born, nobody in the birthing room says, is that male or female? They said, is that a boy or is that a girl? That's what they say. I've been there three times. I know what they say. It's not about sex. It's about identity. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is a big deal. We think it's up for grabs. It's not up for grabs. Warrior fathers fight selflessly and they fight hard for the true identity of their kids. And that's what it means to be a warrior father that we face our responsibilities with courage, that we stand against evil, that we clean our house, that we clear the foundation for our kids, and we keep our promises as a man. That's what it means to be a warrior father, that we keep, keep our promises, we keep our covenants. 
Hallelujah. When men let their masculinity drift, our homes drift, our nations drift, and our cities drift. When fathers fall, civilizations fall. Dads, we can do this and we must do it. Some of the King David's last words, they're words that have power to establish a home on a solid footing. And he says this, he says, be courageous, be a man. Do the right thing even when it hurts and obey the biblical high call of a man to love your wife well and father your kids well. That's the call of a warrior father. I ask the men all in this house to stand up right now. I want to pray for us. There's a very good chance that we may have missed something along the way. And I'm sorry for that. It's a good chance that our fathers maybe didn't affirm us. And there's a chance that we may not feel like we're doing good enough for our kids. I just want to lift all that guilt and put it aside. And I want to just simply call forth the heart of a good man. Father, today I pray for biblical masculinity that's solid, that protects, that instructs, that directs, and is willing to lay down his life for his wife and for his kids. I'm asking, Lord, because you gave us the model that we would follow the biblical model of what it means to be a man of God, what it means to lead our home well, what it means to protect those that we love, and what it means to stand alone if we have to against the lies of hell. Lord, I'm praying for strength and steel in the spirits and hearts of these men that they could leave today without any question knowing that they've got a job to do and they've got a battle to fight. And I thank you, you've given us all we need to accomplish this task because we all pray it now in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Just gonna have everybody stand now. I'm just doing my best to try and say some things. Sometimes I have to, I try to say what the Bible says and I interpret it through my opinions. If I offended you, I'm kind of sorry, but I'm just saying it as I see it. I'm saying it as I, as I feel it. So if you have a different opinion, God bless you. Have a nice day. I'm quite fine with that, but I got to say what I got to say. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Uh, Right after the service here right now, kind of pretty soon, I think we're going to have a barbecue. You're welcome to come and hang out outside. If we don't have enough tables, you can eat inside or work it out. We'll bring some chairs out if we need to. Uh, we got a prayer team that's going to come to the front. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you. Through those doors, walk awesome fathers that's going to love their kids and love their wives. God bless you. Have an awesome day. You're released. Go and change your world. this message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world.